Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Science Faction. The only show where a scientist, a comedian, and a comedian scientist come together to discuss science. Comedically. Hello, and welcome to Science Faction 622. Science Faction, the herpes Alzheimer's connection, and how to fix rice and cereal crops. The herpes... And Alzheimer's connection. I haven't seen the French connection, but I don't. I don't know that that was the plot. That actually sounds like it is pl- plausible, though. Like a person who had herpes but also Alzheimer's would be much more likely to spread the herpes because they forgot they had herpes. Yeah, and as we know, people with Alzheimer's are regularly getting propositioned for sex. So they would, but they just wouldn't know. Like the all Alzheimer's dating app, that's a thing. <laughs> you keep dating the same people over, but it's a first date every time. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm doing a fifty first dates type thing uh, with an elderly woman right now. I do think it would be an extra problem, though. It's kind of like that old Gilbert Gottfried joke. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but he goes, uh, a man walks into the doctor and the the doctor says, uh, sorry, buddy, I got two pieces of bad news for you. Number one, you have cancer. Number two, you have Alzheimer's disease. And then the patient says, oh, my God, thank God I don't have cancer. (laughs) Oh, Gilbert, you I I just know most of did, did he perform that as the duck? No, he did it as a bunch of dead Japanese tsunami survivors. <laughs> oh, I, I do like that. I think the uh, I think like a behind the scenes fact: the guy who uh, who ran that ad campaign liked Gilbert Gottfried so much that he kept the duck sounding like Gilbert Gottfried, even though like he couldn't oh. legally hire Gottfried anymore. It might also just be a, a fact of biology that you can't actually get a duck quack to sound too different from <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried. Like the that. Rodney Dangerfield duck does not exist. No respect. <laughs> yeah, it's like if they're like, hey, look, we devi- designed these uh, fireworks to sound just like uh, gun blasts. And it's like, no, that's just what those two things sound like. You can't really separate the two. Just as most geese sound like Patrice O'Neill. Uh, that doesn't mean anything, but it's... It'd be wacky if it was true, right? <laughs> I always thought uh, geese sounded like uglier versions of Donald Duck. Oh, wait, no, I guess prettier? Is that the way? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, okay, there we go. I'd fuck either, for being honest, so it doesn't really <laughs> Give me a cartoon duck or that sweet goose vagina. And speaking of somebody who has tasted that sweet goose vagina, I, of course, am your host, comedian archaeologist Robert Timothy. With me, as always, is the forever goose vagina incel, Mr. Damien Mercado. Damien, how are you doing this afternoon? <laughs> I'm complaining online about like how gooses only want one type of guy who's like a total jock and a jerk who's not even going to treat them right to, to touch their <laughs> goose vaginas. Why don't they want nice guys like me? And that's probably the best intro I could use to jump into promoting uh, my uh, podcast, Awful Neutral. If you like Dungeons & Dragons or just tabletop gaming in general or just are looking for a funny fucking show to listen to, 
check out Awful Neutral. We recently started our live stream, which uh, promotes a, uh, it's a completely new campaign. It's going to be called Master of Dungeons. It's going to be all heavy metal themed. It's going to be starting in two weeks. And uh, there's no reason uh, why Bobby, while, uh, you know, I mean, if you wanted, I could do it on my computer and just kind of hijack it. You'd never know because you're never on Twitch, but I could have made this show live. Basically, what happened, you would put out the edited version of the podcast, but I would be offering mm-hmm. fans a live version of it every day when we recorded. So what you're, you're saying is, if I would play my cards right, you would take the same product that takes a ton of work, effort, and editing for me to do, put out a shittier version ahead of time yeah. that would then dissuade people from actually looking at the thing that I spent a lot of time and money on. Yes, yes. In fact, yeah, I think it would be the ultimate revenge. Like, I would steal sites. In fact, like, I would make I Call BS for the public. You'd never know because you would never be on Twitch. Nobody would ever know. I could see why you wouldn't want it also to be live because we have to, you have to edit out you saying the N-word a lot. It's <laughs> highly offensive. And if we're live, you don't have that luxury anymore. And that word? Namaste. <laughs> yes, we hate yoga on this fucking Oh, dear. And if you want to get some of that sweet, sweet goose vagina for yourself, go ahead and check out our Patreon at Robert Timothy, where you'll find an extra episode of Science Faction every single week and tons of slutty geese. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really horny about those geese. But I'm, I'm just reveling at the idea of hijacking this podcast, basically stealing it like they steal electricity in Brazil. Yeah, just stealing this podcast, this thing you've worked for years for. <laughs> and then it would be under Awful Neutral's name, too. People would know you as the uh, Science Faction. It must be an Awful Neutral production because it's on their Twitch stream. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you kids are ruining fucking podcasts. <laughs> I've taken everything that means anything to you. Uh, and if you want to be like one of our amazing patrons, you can go ahead and check out uh, our page, as we said, Robert Timothy on Patreon. But for now, let's hear about one of those amazing Patreons. Damien, I heard uh, that you might have a message for one of our new Patreons. Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I thought uh, we might be able to get uh, somebody famous uh, like uh, Carl Sagan on to uh, talk about the James Webb Telescope and thank our new Patreon. And then, uh, but... <laughs> oh, so it's Alex Jones here. I just burst it through the wall, Kool-Aid man style, in the Damien's house. Listen, guys, you haven't been in return of my calls, Bobby. You, you, you ain't embarrassed of Alex Jones. I'm the one who put you on the map. Now, I have a question. Were, were you waiting in the other room? To, like, jump through the wall? Like, did you know our recording time and you had scheduled this? Or were you, like, on a road trip between, like, I don't know, Baja and L.A.? I guess the only place you'd be on a road trip before we go through San Diego. And, and you just, you heard about us and you had to stop by. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm a consummate showman. Listen, you guys start talking about me, you guys start recording, and all of a sudden zany things start happening to my life. I was just going to go uh, tap a keg of chili when all of a sudden a, a, a portal <laughs> opened up and I would smash it like the Kool-Aid man through this wall here. And I happen to know just, you know, because I've tempted the gods, because I hit a, uh, a science-educating gypsy with my car a couple years back. <laughs> and, I know. And, she, and she waved at your ha- head and went, dumber. <laughs> so dumber. I know that every once in a while the earth will part and the laws of physics will be as such that I will be transported onto a science education podcast. Let's keep it happening until I learn my lesson a la uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, but I keep digging myself a deeper hole. 
Man, I, I just keep thinking of how horrible a chili keg stand would be. <laughs> Man, I've, <laughs> I've had to have the Heimlich maneuver administered many times because uh, I get I get everything clogged up with chili. It's like a it's not unlike the toilet after I'm done. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't afford plumbing no more. It's a porta potty. I also think it'd be funny to show up to Alex Jones's house and, and he's passed out on the front lawn and there's just solo cups of half filled chili just like sitting around him and different. Like, instead of booze, he had his crazy keg party, uh, but he was the only one there and, and he partook too much. Well, I wait. I'm just getting a text message right out. Turn. Turns out my attorney accidentally texted uh, all of my bank information, routing numbers, and bank account numbers, and including the deed to my car and house to a Nigerian prince. Man, this this guy has some real uh, crazy legal tactics. I'll tell you what, he, he's a real he's a real rogue, a maverick. So I hired him. It's incredibly offensive because I had very clearly stipulated that he give it to a completely different Nigerian prince. Uh, uh, there are many bookies that I'm actually pretty deep in. Uh, you know, it's weird this lawyer's texting my bookies my exact uh, daily schedule for the next several months where I'll be, contact information, uh, aliases I might be using. Well, I'm also getting a text again right now. Turns out he's uh, emailing somebody by the name of Tara Fisher the exact, uh, uh, apparently, information on how to uh, transport yourself through time, through portals. Apparently, oh, let's see, I'm reading this email a little further. Turns out uh, it includes information on how to prevent my birth, but without affecting the main timeline. Oh, that's weird. Weird information this lawyer has. So Tara Fisher, if there's a Tara Fisher out there, I'm going to ask you not to proceed with this life-changing time dilation technology. All I tried to do was make the world a terrible place. You know, I've listened to a lot of history podcasts. You know, they never talk about the people who destroyed Rome. You know, they never talk about those crazy characters. (laughs) Hey, and let me tell you something. You want to know what's in the place of Rome, where Rome was right now? A totally different city called Rome, and it's awesome. So that wouldn't be there if we hadn't fucked shit up and got rid of that old Rome that nobody needed anymore. Let me tell you about Rome. Their, their chili's all tomato, and it's served ice cold. It's terrible. Right? <laughs> You're thinking about Spain. But, uh... I mean, like, gazpacho is Italian. I'm telling you that. I, I refer to it as Gaul. <laughs> Thank you very much. God, there was a garlic genocide <laughs> that the mainstream media wants you to forget. Uh, you know what's funny though? You you bring it up is like, what would happen if Alex Jones, you, sorry, Alex Jones, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. What would happen <laughs> if you were suddenly taken out of this world or, or taken out as a child? And, and and obviously there'd be a lot of good to that, right? So there'd be less conspiracy theories and there'd be uh, less free thinking, more sheeple. I get you. A lot of the Sandy Hook sh- stuff, which was very, very harmful to people who had already gone through a living hell, like that wouldn't have been there. A, a lot of stuff, the world would undoubtedly be better in many, many ways if Alex Jones wasn't there. But I wonder if overall he actually does good. Because if you think about it, there were a lot of just shitty loser dudes who were the dads in their family and they were kind of a little conspiratorial, probably too far right thinking, but they were just assholes, but their wives put up with them because they had kids and they were just going to do their family thing. Alex Jones was undoubtedly the impetus that kicked out Thousands of douchey pieces of human garbage from their family's house, allowing their kids and wife to grow up unmolested by their bullshit. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 but what about, you know, uh, children need a strong, red-blooded American man around who doesn't know anything about them in their lives. Otherwise, how are you going to get more Alex Joneses, am I right? <laughs> my dad had no idea who I was. My dad is massively ashamed of me, I can assure you. It's kind of like there's a story, there was a, a study a while ago that showed, like, if you didn't promote gun use, like, you need, like, the NRA, the gun lobby needs them. Because if you don't promote gun use, you have slow attrition of your gun purchasers because people always talk about school shootings and stuff like that. Far and away, the number one cause of gun deaths is suicide. It's it's not even close. It's it's like 10 to 1. And it's in the many, I think it's in like the 20,000 range or something like that. It's, it's a, quite a bit of suicide every single year from guns. By definition, every single one of those suicides was a gun owner. So like literally, if you just had a plateau, a flat line throughout society of gun owners, you would lose 20,000 every single year. And that's not including the, the relatives to that person who might not be as likely to buy a gun and blah, 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 blah. And so technically, gun ownership is a problem that eventually solves itself. But if I told you, yeah, that, that's something I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to get more people. If somebody listens to me, I encourage them to, to own a gun. The, the star that burns twice as bright shines half as long. And each one of us will be that. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, well, hold on, wait. I think this portal's opening up again. Oh, I, I hope Damien has uh, Kool-Aid Man insurance. Because uh, this is, uh, this ain't going to be cheap to fit. Oh, I've been sucked back through time, through Rome, to take down Rome. No, not again. Okay, <laughs> this wall damage is terrible. I rent... But even so, I just canceled my Kool-Aid Man ins renter's insurance. It doesn't, and I'm under my wife's, and I don't know that my wife has a Kool-Aid policy under our rental insurance. Yeah, it's one of those, that, it's like uh, the life insurance policies that Gerber used to have, where you'd pay like $75 for a baby and it would have life insurance for its entire life. It was like that. Like if you collect enough Kool-Aid stamps, like the SKU numbers, if you collect enough of them, you could send that in and get Kool-Aid insurance. But what if I told you that as the rise of people like Alex Jones in our world uh, have risen, it's kind of like flood insurance, like no credible, you know, the government has to step in. And, yeah. and supplement Kool-Aid man insurance because they're just it's just not profitable. There's no mo profitable model. If you live in Austin, Texas, you are in a Kool-Aid man prone area. Oh, dear. Government is always subsidizing industry. <laughs> Socialism for the wealthy. Am I right? Oh, thank you so much, Tara. And thank you to all you people, whether we know you personally or not, for supporting this show. And hopefully we will see many more of you. And, of course, welcome to your new extra show every single week over at Patreon. Let's get right on to Science Articles. From molecules to particles, this is Science Articles. I know we spent a lot of time on Alex Jones, but have you been watching like footage of the trial? Like I know it's done, but he was such it reminded me of like his interactions with the judge reminded me of like Bart Simpson messing with Principal Skinner. Like it was like every little thing he could do to like disrupt class, he would do. Yeah. It, and either not willing to accept or not knowing or that this judge that he seems intent on pissing off will determine his future. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when people tend to not have consequences in their life, they find it very, very difficult when those consequences are suddenly put in front of them. <laughs> you know, it makes you think that like, wow, this isn't an act, man. This is how he is. We need to lock him up. He's, he's not well. 
He's not an evil man. He's just a cartoon character who got cursed yeah, with our world. I'm say he's pretty evil. <laughs> he was drawn that way. <laughs> All right. Article number one. Is Alzheimer's caused by herpes? It depends what you let somebody fuck. I guess like I listen, I had deep intellectual erotic online intercourse with somebody with herpes and this is how you get it is they Oh, interesting. It's a mental virus. I'll say. Yeah, you say. you rub literary minds together. Oh, I just thought you meant if if, if like a dude nuts in your ear or something. <laughs> I'm surprised the herpes doesn't develop on the ear. It's weird that it that it just causes Alzheimer's. Uh dear so we have actually had some indications before that herpes simplex virus, especially HSV-1, may be one of many causes of Alzheimer's. We'll get into that in a second. But let's review this. So Alzheimer's, we've covered it a bunch on this show, especially in recent months. But in case you missed it, it is a neurological disease that is responsible for a significant amount of deaths in the United States. That's because we tend to get old. But in general, any place where people get old, they tend to have Alzheimer's as a very significant cause of death in their populations. Uh, it's a horrible disease takes away your mind, your identity, who you are, what you know, everything about you. It can be really, really hard to suffer through. And therefore, researching it and trying to at least alleviate some of the symptoms, if not cure it, is a huge part of, you know, modern day scientific research. We talked before about how some of that research might have been derailed by fraud from a 2006 paper. And when we did that, we talked about how we don't actually know what causes Alzheimer's. We talk about the amyloid beta plaques, which are diagnostic of the condition. We can see it in your brain when we do autopsies later on. However, we don't know if those are causational or correlational. Are they causing the symptoms of Alzheimer's disease or is there something else causing both of those? And there's reason to suggest it may be correlational. So something else to know is in certain viruses, such as herpes, they can actually insert themselves somewhere in a cell. Uh, in retroviruses, they can insert themselves actually into your genome, but in, in they can actually like kind of hide away in the nerves of your cell, which is why you get herpes outbreaks, and then your immune system calms the herpes outbreaks, the herpes goes away, and then months, weeks, years later, you can get another cold sore. It has receded into the, the nerve cells, your body has attacked it, your immune system has attacked it, basically pushed it back to its last uh, place, its its last stand, and then eventually when your immune system weakens or your body's weakened for some other reason, it sees its chance and creeps on out and causes some trouble. That's when you bust out the Valtrex, and that shit works. I get cold sores on my lip, lips, and like, uh -huh. you know, um, before I discovered, you know, uh, Tijuana Valtrex prescriptions, <laughs> it would be like, alright, well, I guess for a week I'm just going to be embarrassed to go outside because this fucking sore right. on my face. Awesome. Right. But uh, if, you, if you have cold sores, get some Valtrex. It's almost like fucking magic. I don't, I, I don't feel like a freak for a week. Well, that's a fantastic ad. And by the way, Valtrex, you owe us money for that. But uh, yes, it is true. And now you might find out that there's something that can also happen that might even you know, make you want to treat this condition even more. Also, put some ivermectin on the sores. That's also <laughs> helped a lot, too. Horse paste. 
When we talk about HSV-1, that is what most people call like oral herpes, though HSV-1 actually can be contracted in the genitals as well. Uh, The HSV-1 lineage is really, really common. It's something like more than 50% of uh, Americans have it. In other countries, the the numbers can vary, but it's very, very common, very, very contagious, causes uh, sores on the mouth, sometimes almost invisible sores. And so sometimes people don't even know they have it and they can still pass it on. Uh, But again, the issue is that it basically is a lifelong illness. It'll hide in your body and then wait till your immune system is down and pop on back out. And in older people, we have some evidence to suggest that when HSV-1 is really going nuts in the brain, it is overproducing those amyloid beta proteins, those plaques that we know is diagnostic of the disease. And that's just any type of, uh, you know, herpes. I mean, like, isn't canker sores a a form of herpes? Does that... Canker sores can be the product of HSV-1, in which case, yes, they're not usually, usually they're irritation or something, you know, it's not, it's not a virus or a disease, it's like a, an irritant to the skin. But yeah, there are, there's HSV-2, which we sometimes call genital herpes, though again, can be contracted other places, and that might have a similar impact, but it would be harder to tell because there's less people who have HSV-2 than HSV-1. So researchers wanted to A, test this out, but B, they were like, okay, here's the problem. HSV-1 will lie dormant for these really long times. What is it that's kicking it off in a lot of these older people that we see basically reoccurrent herpes outbreaks as well as a bunch of viral activity in the brain of these older people? And they realized what it was was like a one-two punch. It was HSV-1 hiding in the nerves with a solid right cross afterwards (laughs) with another herpes virus basically initiating the HSV-1 to come out. And that other herpes virus is VZV, which is basically shingles or chickenpox. So most people have had chickenpox by the time they are adults. If you had chickenpox, you are then susceptible to having shingles later in life for the same reason that you keep getting herpes outbreaks for the rest of your life. That virus hides in nerve cells and then waits a really long time till your immune system is shitty when you're old and it pops back out as shingles. So the idea is that the popping out of that when you get older, the shingles coming out, the v, the VZV coming out and, and causing shingles, that actually reinitiates the HSV-1 to pop out as well, going crazy in the brain and producing a bunch of these amyloid beta plaques. So that was the idea. And they thought, let's check it out. So how do you check it out? Do you take a bunch of people who at some point had herpes and cause a shingles outbreak and then see what happens to them? They actually had a very, very interesting experiment, which is one of the reasons I wanted to cover this, not only the research itself, but but how they did it. So these researchers actually recreated a brain-like environment in these tiny little artificial sponges made of silk protein and collagen. So I'll I'll read you from a quote from the article. They populated the sponges with neural stem cells that grow and become functional neurons capable of passing signals to each other in a network, just as they do in the brain. Some of the stem cells also form glial cells, which are a type found in the brain and help keep the neurons alive and functioning. The researchers found that neurons grown in the brain tissue can be infected with VZV, but that alone did not lead to the formation of signature Alzheimer's proteins, tau and beta amyloid, the components of the tangled mass 
of fibers and plaques that form in Alzheimer's patients' brains, and the neurons continue to function normally. However, if the neurons already harbored quintessentient HSV1, the exposure to VZV led to a reactivation of HSV and a dramatic increase in tau and beta amyloid proteins, and the neural signals began to slow down. So basically, they built like little artificial brains, which is fucking crazy, using like silk and collagen. They then infected it with VZV to see if it still kind of like performed normally, and it did. But then they infected ones that had previously had HSV-1, but it was dormant. They infected those ones. The HSV-1 came out. It went crazy. The VZV went crazy. It produced a bunch of proteins similar to beta amyloid plaques. That's fucking crazy. I mean, first off, I, I don't like how you were throwing out compliments over creating a brain using uh, collagen and silk. You know, I've created an ass using a melon in a microwave, and you've shamed me for that. So that's true. That's true. I thought it was interesting that you wrote Lassie on it, because I'm like, <laughs> if we're just pretending, you can pretend it's a human. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like, say, hey, baby, there's a dick in the bottom of the well. I, I, I never mind. It didn't come together. <laughs> but <laughs> this is sprung on me at the last moment. Unlike you and Lassie, they did not come together. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that shingles is the, the only thing that can reactivate HSV-1. We don't know if other viruses can do it, if certain traumas can do it. It might be that at least some amount of Alzheimer's is caused by... HSV-1 infections going crazy in the brain, some of which are reactivated by shingles and some of which might be reactivated by something totally different. So super, super cool news. I wonder if that is going to increase, you know, health insurance coverage and whatnot of HSV-1 medications, seeing that they might cause, you know, Alzheimer's down the road. Very, very interesting. You know, we've sit here and taken it on the chin with, from chicken pox for so long. Have we just given up the fight with chicken pox? We have a chicken pox vaccine. It's not like just rubbing a kid up against another kid with chicken pox. No, no. It, it came out when we were younger, but I think we missed it. But I think like continued generations, it's much less likely they get chicken pox because they have the vaccine. So it's theoretically possible that Alzheimer's will peter out because of this? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, if this is, if this would be the cause. But again, HSV1 is more likely to be a, a big factor because it's the one actually causing the damage and it could be activated by other things. So, you know, let's, let's focus on H HSV1. All right, on to article number two. How to fix rice and cereal crops. Let's see, rice and cereal. Uh, all I know is that you get some of the more boring cereals, the, your Rice Krispies, your Corn Pops, sure. whereas none of them are Cinnamon Toast Crunch, which is a wheat-based cereal. It doesn't need help, uh -huh. as the article states. Yeah, it's the corn-based cereals that are really good, right? That's that's the ones that's that's where you get like the flakes, like the corn flakes and stuff. You also have uh, the uh, poorly received corn-based cereal. Uh, what's it called? Uh, doesn't change when you poo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I'm shitting kicks. Kicks the cereal. <laughs> They're for kids. Oh my God. Yeah. Damien, you can't do that. That's for kids. <laughs> and the worst ones come from, uh, the worst cereals are made from sacks of spider eggs, like grape nuts. So a uh, problem with most of our cereal crops and rice and other plants like that is the idea that we have to add a bunch of fertilizer because they are part of their process. They're going to need ammonia. And so 
we have to constantly add that to the soil and the plants pull nitrogen out of the soil and basically leach it out. Uh, and so if we don't constantly add ammonia to the soil through fertilizers, then we have problems. We talked about problems with odor over fertilization last week. Fertilizers are a big deal. They're super expensive. They cause tons of issues with runoff and algae blooms and all this stuff. So it's a big deal. And so if we could use less fertilizer, farmers would win, we would win, environment would win, it would be much better. Now, anybody who has uh, heard about farming before fertilizing will be know, will know about things like fallowing your fields, leaving your fields fallow. And you had to do that. Meaning every few years, you had to not farm on a piece of land because corn and, and all that stuff, it literally just drags the nitrogen right out of the soil. And pretty soon that soil is not going to be good for farming. So you have to just kind of leave it be for a while and let the nitrogen seep back in or could bury some corpses like in the off season, like have a mass <laughs> grave in the off season. Well, I don't know. Not sure how much nitrogen that brings in. Probably some. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So the thing is, some plants can actually do this themselves. They're called nitrogen-fixing plants. Things like certain types of beans, legumes, peanuts can do this, which is why a long time ago, some farmers, especially Mesoamerican ones, found that if you cycled the crops through the fields and you had peanuts where you used to have corn, that you could continue farming the same fields over and over again without letting one go fallow because those particular plants would fix the nitrogen. But cereal crops, grains, rice, all that stuff, none of those are nitrogen fixing and so we're fucked now the way the ones that are nitrogen fixing like peanuts and other ones do it is they produce certain chemicals in their roots that produce certain bacteria that are able to get nitrogen out of that soil so researchers wanted to see can we make a way for the same thing that goes on in the roots of these legumes and peanuts to go on in the roots of cereal crops like corn so that these corn crops could fix their own nitrogen and then we wouldn't have to add fertilizer or fallow fields in order to grow these crops we could continuously grow them over and over again similar to when the native americans discovered you could cycle peanuts through and, and keep growing constantly so their team used chemical screen i'm going to quote from the article here the team used chemical screenings and genomics to identify compounds in rice plants that enhance the nitrogen-fixing activity of the bacteria. Then they identified the pathways generating the chemicals and used gene-editing technology to increase the production of compounds that simulated the formation of biofilms. Those biofilms contain bacteria that enhance nitrogen conversion. As a result, nitrogen-fixing activity of the bacteria increased, as did the amount of ammonia in the soil for the plants. So basically, they went, something's going on with peanuts. Let's figure out if we can find some version of it in rice. Oh, look, rice does this a little bit. Let's genetically enhance rice to do this more. Now there's more of this bacteria that can fix nitrogen. Now there's more ammonia in the soil nearby. Boom, motherfucker, science figured out farming. I've seen the Martian. Can't you just use poop? Yes, I mean, that's what fertilizer is. For the most part, we, we do just use poop. But the runoff from that but poop... But growing peanuts is tastier than pooping on your, <laughs> on your vegetables all the time. Trust me. I mean, similar to the corn, uh, peanuts are one of those things that you just poo right out. So, I mean, the way... Most people don't know this, that the way you plant peanuts is just to eat a handful of peanuts and poo a hundred tiny times. So you eat a bunch of peanuts yes. and then you go Johnny peanut seed your yes. your land. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's a squat walk known as the peanut crawl that is <laughs> it looks like that Russian dance 
Will you kick yes. into yeah. my son? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but pantsless. Uh, yeah, as you get older, you can't do it anymore. Not because your knees go out, but because your sack drags. Yeah, that's why uh, a lot of old farmers are called dirty nuts. <laughs> I thought it had something to do with legumes, but it's it, it's a scrotal thing. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why you've heard like Jimmy Carter. They call him old dirty nuts Carter. <laughs> I thought it was because of his politics. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Subpoena farming. I guess that makes way more sense. He was a very clean politician and a very good peanut farmer. So, <laughs> oh yeah, man, that guy could shit like the Dickens. Like just, just. <laughs> all right, time, <laughs> time to stop building houses for the poor. Time, uh, uh, oh no, don't need the outhouse. It's peanut season. Time to plant the fields. Uh, come spring planting season, he was like a dog on the carpet. You know what I mean? Just dragging across. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. President, uh, do you need some help getting out to the peanut fields? No, I got it. Call my dick the plow. All right, thank you, audience, for coming back for Science Faction 622, where you learned all about how Alzheimer's might be caused by a mixture of herpes and shingles, and how we might have just figured out how to make crops that don't need nearly as much fertilizer. Thank you so much for joining us, and come on back next week for Science Faction. 623. A lot of historians forget that near the end of his presidency, President Reagan tried many times to plant jelly beans. You've been listening to Science Fiction. Wait, that's not right. <laughs>